Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second half of this uh, two-part podcast episode looking at IRAs. I am delighted to be joined still by John Bull at Blake Rothenberg. Uh, we have already in the first part talked about the income tax treatment IRAs, both for those living in the UK and those living in the US, and also for the individual account holder, but possibly a future recipient as well. Uh, we are going to turn our attention now towards what happens on death uh, from a both tax and a succession perspective in both jurisdictions. So, John, looking at the consequences of death, um, I'd like to look, if we first could, at succession, because you know I think we need to give people a break from some of the income tax uh, uh, heavy stuff we were talking about previously. So I, as a lawyer, when I'm talking about uh, will drafting with clients, one of the things I want to know is uh, what accounts does someone have, what assets does someone have, and I'm thinking about how those can be left on someone's death. And you know, most commonly in the UK, uh, we will do that via a will. In the US, it may be a will, it may be a revocable living trust. There are various ways um, to do it, and we're not going to get drawn into whether those are appropriate on this episode. Is an IRA a normal, quote-unquote, account that someone can leave in a normal testamentary way, or are there particular things we've got to think about in the US or the UK? Yeah, great question, Aidan. So not in a not dissimilar manner to the UK with retirement accounts. Um, US retirement accounts cannot be left via a will or a trust, um, or even titled into a trust during one's lifetime. There is a very specific way of passing on whatever is left at an individual's death. And that is via effectively a beneficiary designation form that the individual has on file with the provider of the account that dictates, why right, I would like X amount to go to this particular beneficiary, um, Y amount to go to this particular beneficiary, et cetera, et cetera, in a very clearly defined fashion. So completely separate to an individual's will or other estate tax planning that they might have in place. And we will come on to some potential consequences of that, but from a succession perspective, is it like a typical UK pension where that is a uh, an expression of wishes, or is it in fact a binding declaration to which the uh, the institution that runs the IRA is, is, is bound into, or is the answer, it's more complicated and it depends on each case? I think it's more complicated, depends on each case. <laughs> I yeah. thought you'd say that. <laughs> um, yeah, it depends on the provider, depends on the, the forms they've got in place, etc. Um, Fine. Um, before we, uh, we do think about the tax consequences of someone passing away with an IRA, um, one final question on succession. Uh, I remember some years ago, I can't remember how many years ago now, there was a change to the rules on IRAs as to how long someone had to draw down funds from an IRA after they had received the benefit of one. Uh, am I correct? That is still a 10-year period that you have to draw down the funds entirety? Yeah, Aidan, that's right. 10 years. So this was the Secure Act that actually wasn't implemented that long ago in 2019. Um, so much so that we still only have proposed regulations at the time of recording in terms of how the rules therein are supposed to operate in practice. Um, but essentially, at a high level, means that for someone that is the recipient of an IRA uh, on the death of an individual, rather than having choice over their lifetime as to when they draw down on that IRA, they now have to have fully drawn down the IRA within a 10-year period. What are the consequences if that doesn't happen? Like if someone forgets, or let's say an IRA is discovered, or someone's just not got their paperwork together, is it that there are penalties for future, future withdrawals? Is it that, yeah, what, what, what happens if we do exceed that 10-year period? 
I, I think this is where we're still waiting final regulations for <laughs> exactly how that will operate in practice. Um, three years is a, it's a fairly short period of time in US tax law. Um, is so, it, are, are we grandfathered into the rules? So if, let's say someone died in 2015, do I have until 2025 to draw it down? Or is it is it is that rule only for people who've died after the regulations came into effect in 2019? Yeah, you know? so this is only for people that passed away after after the implementation of the Secure Act. Yeah. We've got, we've got, we've got till 2029 then. What are we worried about? The US has got loads of time left to, you know, I think, I think that's the, the view that the IRS is taking <laughs> as well in terms of um, issuing some, some final regulations. Yes. They may, they, they may feel with their short staffed numbers these days that they've got slightly more important things to be dealing with. But uh, I'm sure for those who, to whom it matters, they'd quite like to see the answers to those. Um, so let's think about tax uh, at this point on succession. And I'm thinking largely about um, death duties. So uh, uh, thinking about estate tax in the US and inheritance tax in the UK, and to some degree, how those interact with uh, the income tax treatment. So uh, an IRA, presumably, John, uh, like a pension uh, in the US, uh, is free from estate tax uh, on death, or is it chargeable as a normal account? Yep. So IRA uh, the fair market value of the IRA on the death of the individual is treated as within the individual's estate. And that's the case, whether it's a traditional IRA or Roth IRA, or are we still only talking about traditional IRAs at this point? Still only talking about traditional yeah. IRAs at this point. Yep. So traditional IRAs absolutely within the remit of US estate tax, dependent on the status of the individual. Um, we won't go into detail around estate tax that could be the topic of i imagine two or three podcasts in themselves but yeah a current 12 million dollar limit and so whatever's in the ira counts towards that limit and equally you know a an inheritance from uh, let, let's say let's say spouse one passes away and leaves spouse to the benefit of their ira um that was always going to be exempt anyway if is it possible to name successor beneficiaries if spouse two then passes away and it then passes down to the children can you leave it sort of on on, on successive lives or are you only allowed to sort of designate it once and if so what would the tax consequences be thereafter that's yeah that's a good question um i i, I imagine the answer is although i've never dealt with this in practice is that you, you can only designate one so if if you're the spouse of uh, and have received an ira then you you then you're then within well currently that 10 year period that you, that you then need to draw down and you can then make your own designation as to as to who that goes should you pass away during that period um if you request and um, via this beneficiary designation form that ira goes entirely to your surviving spouse and you otherwise qualify for the for the us estate tax deduction as a result um then yes the value essentially is then taken out of account for estate tax purposes by operation of the spousal exemption. We will uh, we'll leave that one as a write-in on a postcard for uh, for anyone who's feeling particularly keen and wants to write wants to write in. Um, so let's let's assume we we had the uh, the in, the account holder was a uh, was a US taxpayer. They were a US citizen, let's say. But let's say they are a, a UK individual. They were resident here in the UK. Uh, there is going to be the risk that that, that individual is uh, a UK domiciliary, or if not a domiciliary, then at least a deemed domiciliary. And so we need to think about uh, UK inheritance tax on their death as well. Putting aside the application of the double tax treaty for one moment, the exposure of that account to inheritance tax is something that you and I have discussed previously. Um, it is, in short, quite complicated. Um, 
based on the manner in which the UK treats pensions generally and whether an IRA counts as a pension, a foreign overseas pension for UK inheritance tax purposes? And the answer is, John, you're going to tell me again, the law and the accountant's favourite phrase, it depends. <laughs> it depends. It's difficult. It's complicated. Take advice. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, what what we've talked about before, Aidan, at great length, isn't it, is whether whether the IRA itself qualifies as um, qualifying on UK pension scheme or the beautiful acronym, um, because we're in tax, we love an acronym, um, QNUPS. Um, and if it does, then, well, we're in a great place because we're outside, potentially outside the scope of UK inheritance tax in respect to the value that sits within the IRA. Yes, I think that's exactly right. And I think it is, again, a position where uh, anyone who is left in uh, that question needs to take the appropriate advice at the time. Um, John and I are always hopeful that we can find that IRAs fall outside of an, uh, an inheritance tax net, but there is no there is no given. What we will say is a as a as a, a, a tease to some of the reasons why is to throw it back to uh, a comment we made a few moments ago about the nature of the beneficiary designation um, on the IRA. There can be a difference between a a memorandum of wishes, a non-binding uh, expression of who you want your assets to pass to or who you want the IRA to pass to, and leaving a binding declaration. So for those who are thinking of getting in touch, uh, I would imagine John would agree with me that one of the first things that we're going to want to be asking and thus looking for is, do you have a copy of that declaration, that expression of wishes? Can we see it? Because it might be that that is something on which it turns. So let, let's assume this person, though, was a US citizen living in the UK. We don't just have the US-UK double tax treaty, which deals with income tax. We now have the uh, capital taxes treaty between the two countries, which deal with the state tax and inheritance tax. If we were to find that, for example, um, uh, an IRA is within the inheritance tax net, but is outside of the estate tax net for, for the US, if this person is a US domiciliary, and let's say is a... Uh, uh, a UK domiciliary at the same time. Can we rely upon the uh, a, a US primary right of taxation in the right circumstances to override the inheritance uh, tax exposure? My my gut is probably not because the US is not has not taxed it specifically because it not just because it falls under the allowance but also because it's an exempt asset itself. Um, but again, there are so many variables here. It is possible in, in a circumstance that, that it may be uh, it may be exempt in both countries. Would, would would you agree? It just requires investigation. Yeah, completely. Yeah, we're we're, we're really into the, the scope of something that's completely you know, completely incredibly complex. Um, but yes, there is a comprehensive capital taxes treaty between the two jurisdictions um, in the same way that there's a comprehensive income tax treaty. Uh, if someone is deemed on the side in the UK but still a US citizen, then as we've talked about again on, on a number of cases, primary right to tax typically falls with the UK and um, subject to the type of asset that we're dealing with. If we're dealing with an IRA, then the the natural follow-on process from that is that it is very difficult then to take the value of the IRA outside the scope of UK IHT um, by using the treaty if we can't somehow look at the QNIPS exemption that we, we talked about just now. But but it's it's an incredibly complex area. And this is one of the this is one of the 
few places in my discussions with uh, with clients where I have to deviate from my general position where I say the Americans love taxing by citizenship and your desire to pick up UK citizenship has almost no bearing on the extent to which you are taxed as, a, as an individual in the UK. And some of the provisions of the uh, capital taxes treaty between the US and the UK are the reason why I insert the word almost into that in, into that because it can be in these circumstances that being a UK citizen brings the UK right to tax back into contention. So this is why I sometimes like to say almost no impact on your right to tax on the UK's right to tax. Certain circumstances it can actually play against you. There's one final question I would like to ask you about um, tax on death, which is the scenario that I have. Um, had put to me several times by um, UK people who inherit um, uh, an IRA who are not themselves a US taxpayer, which is if the individual who died is domiciled in the UK or deemed domiciled, and let's say inheritance tax is potentially chargeable on the account, that inheritance tax is going to be levied at, you know, taking aside Neil Redband's 40%. That individual in the UK is then also going to suffer income tax on drawing down in the manner which we've described previously. So we potentially have effectively double taxation on the same funds because of the way in which the UK considers this to be a pension for income tax purposes, but potentially not a pension or a QNUPS for inheritance tax purposes. In this scenario, is there anything that can be done or is that individual just uh, you know, at the mercy of an unfortunate gap between the two ta- two taxes of the two jurisdictions. Yeah, that's a question. I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the answer, the, the answer yeah. may maybe what you said previously, which is which is um, I, I, I put your own your own hypothesis back to you. If a lump sum were drawn down in the US, then the US would have the primary right of taxation you're going to suffer US taxation, uh, you're going to suffer US income tax on the withdrawal, and you're going to suffer UK inheritance tax. If you take a uh, income uh, distribution, you're going to suffer UK uh, income tax and UK inheritance tax. Is one of those better than the other or not? I think it probably isn't going to make much difference, absent the fact that the US marginal rate of tax on your income is probably going to be slightly lower. So you might be better off taking a yeah, lump sum no, distribution. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Um, but I, I think, you, you know, the point you made at the start, which is we're effectively facing double tax here um, between a capital transfer tax and then income tax on the back end, which is something that naturally we'd want to think about avoiding if possible. Um, but, I mean, that, that scenario does present itself if we're dealing with a regular IRA and an American, and we don't even touch the UK because yes, the asset is subject to a state tax, but for the recipient, is that it is then also subject to income tax when distributions are made. So there is, in that in that effect, there is a double tax, an element of double tax there because we've got a state tax on the death of the individual, and then income tax when when funds get paid out. So that is it's something that certainly is envisaged, but as between the US and the UK, yeah, it's, it's complicated. 
Uh, I think if uh, if we could think of any tagline for our respective practice areas or for this podcast, I think US and UK tax colon it's complicated. Uh, I think I could do a lot worse than use that as a as a, as a, as a tag. Um, John, thank you so much for uh, your time today for speaking to me and to speaking to the audience about IRAs. Um, if I might do John uh, the benefit of plugging his work, if you need to uh, seek the advice of US UK tax advisors, or for that matter, if you are not an American, I want to seek the advice of accountants anyway i'm sure john would be happy to introduce you to his non-us uk colleagues uh but please do uh, uh please do go and find them uh, on undoubtedly their website they will have more information uh, equally if you have uh any questions for colibristo uh please don't hesitate to get in touch uh otherwise uh, john thank you so much for coming thank you very much for having me and we will see you all next time thank you very much